and welcome to Healing University. My name is Carly Terides, and we are so excited uh, to have you joining us today. We're going to continue on our in-depth study of God's Word in, uh, in the areas of healing and um, receiving, walking, and ministering healing. So uh, this is uh, section 11. Uh, this is class 11 of section 1. Okay, so we're going to be talking today about the gospel of the kingdom. The gospel of the kingdom. What is the gospel of the kingdom? You know, the gospel, the word the gospel actually means good news. It's the good news. So if you want to find out what the gospel of the kingdom is, especially in regards to healing, you don't need to look any further than Luke chapter 4. I'm going to start reading. If you've got your Bibles, please open them and join in with me. But this is in, um, in Luke 4, um, verse 18. It says that this is Jesus speaking. It says, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel, the gospel, the good news to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind, and to set at liberty those who are oppressed to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. Then he rolled up the scroll, gave it back to the attendant, and sat down. Amen? You know, when he sat down, it's because he was finished. He actually says in verse 21, he began to say to them, today, this scripture, today, this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. Then the gospel is fulfilled in our hearing. This is super important because many times people have heard a gospel that doesn't have any power. They've heard a gospel, maybe you've you've heard the good news that God loves you, maybe you've received salvation. You've got your ticket to heaven, you're sure of your eternal resting place. But you're still struggling with some things. And maybe that's why you're watching this program today. But the gospel has so much more in it than just that ticket to heaven. As it says here in Luke, look at all these things that are, that, are, that are listed out here. He's preaching the gospel, the good news to the poor. He's got deliverance in there. to healing of the brokenhearted and recovery of sight to the blind, freedom from oppression. Man, that passage, we could, we could unpick that one for days. But for the sake of time, we're going we're to move on here. But I want you to see that the gospel contains healing. The gospel contains healing. We cannot separate the gospel from healing. Everywhere that, that Jesus went in the New Testament, you'll see that he had a healing ministry. If healing was not from God, Jesus would not have been healing the sick and casting out demons and raising the dead. Amen. Jesus had a healing ministry because healing was an intrinsic part of the gospel. We cannot separate it. It is good news. How many of you have received good news, right? When you go to the doctor and you get your test results back and he says you're going to live and not die, that's good news, isn't it? The gospel is good news. It's not bad news. It's always good news. So I want to look at this a little bit because, like I said, some of us have gotten a little bit confused about what the gospel is and we've started believing things about God that aren't even true, right? Maybe more based on our experience than based upon the Word of God. But when we get into the Word of God, we'll see a different report. Look at this. And Romans... We'll look at this in Romans uh, 1. Romans 1 verse 16, it says, For I am not ashamed of the gospel. I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. For it is the power of God to salvation for everyone who believes. It is the power of God unto salvation for everyone who believes. That's so important because many of us have heard a gospel that has no power. And let me tell you, if you've, if you've heard a gospel that has no power, it's not the gospel. The gospel contains power. There is dead raising power in the gospel. When the gospel is preached, signs and wonders follow the preaching of the word. So maybe in your experience of God, you haven't seen signs and wonders. Maybe you haven't seen supernatural manifestations of the spirit. Maybe you just haven't, you haven't seen God's, the effects of God on anyone around you. 
You know, here's the thing. Faith comes by hearing. Romans 10, 17. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. We need to make sure that the gospel that we're listening to is really the gospel. And one way to tell if it's the gospel has power. It has, it has authority. It changes lives. When, when Jesus spoke words, when he was walking the earth and he spoke the word of God, dead people came to life. Their blind eyes were open. Lepers were healed. The lame walked. There is power in the word of the gospel. There is power in the word of God when it is preached. So if the word of God isn't being preached, then there's not going to be any power. Amen. This is really important because, you know, um, there are many different churches and, I, and, and we've always gone to our local church. So I feel like I've, um, I had a, wherever our local church was, that was the one that we went to, right? And so, you know, I've been a Baptist, um, a Methodist, a Congregationalist, an Anglican, um, I've, I've just, and one, one lady came up to me at the end of the day and she said, what are you? And by that point of being born again for a few years, I was so confused. I said, I'm just a believer. Mm-hmm. I mean, I've just gone to every different denomination. And I've noticed something about churches is that every different denomination has their own, their own interpretation, their own twist, their own take on certain things in the word of God. But the gospel is something that we cannot compromise about. I'm not talking about whether we sprinkle or dunk or dip. I'm talking about, is the word of God being preached in your church? Because if the word of God is being preached, these signs and wonders that Jesus was talking about are going to follow. The power of God always follows the preaching of the gospel. When you leave church, do you feel encouraged? Do you feel built up? Do you feel like you've received some good news? Then maybe if you haven't, you haven't heard the gospel. Because the gospel is good news. Amen. And faith comes by hearing. Another way to determine whether we're hearing the gospel of the kingdom or not the gospel of, of the king, the gospel of good news or not, is that faith will stir on the inside of us when we hear the preaching of the word. When we, when we, hear, when we hear a message, whether it's in church or, or online or however medium that, you, that you're watching sermons these days, when you hear a message, do you feel like your faith is just coming alive on the inside of you? Do you feel like you could just charge at, at, at a mountain and make it move? Do you feel like you could just speak and the word of God's going to go out of your mouth with power and affect the thing that and prosper in the thing that you sent it to? Do you feel like a child of the most high God built up, stirred up, armed with the full armor of God, with life and death and the power of your tongue? No? Then you haven't heard the gospel. You see, the gospel has power in it and it stirs faith in the hearers. Amen? When we hear the gospel, it draws us into relationship with Jesus. It draws us into the goodness of God, the love of God that overwhelms us, that breaks through, that sets us free from the lies of the enemy. It stirs us up. It encourages us in our most holy faith. It stirs us up in the things of the kingdom. It breaks through the bondages, the lies of the enemy. Like Jesus was saying here, it sets at liberty the captives. It sets us free from things that oppressed us. If you're not leaving church different to how you went into it, then maybe you haven't heard the gospel. The gospel of the kingdom has power in it. Amen? We need to make sure that the gospel that we're listening to really is the gospel. Because if it has no power, it's not the gospel. Let's look at this in Luke, um, not Luke, in the Romans 10. Go over there with me for a moment. We're going to get back to Luke in a little bit, but we're going to go over into Romans 10 here. Romans 10, verse 12. Okay? Romans 10, verse 12. 
It says, for there is no distinction between Jew and Greek, for the same Lord is generous towards all who call upon him. For everyone, everyone who calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Everyone who calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. You know, no one's excluded from that. I love how the gospel is so inclusive. The gospel is for everyone. It doesn't matter what nationality they are. It doesn't matter what country they're born in. It doesn't matter the color of your skin, your social status. It doesn't matter your age. The gospel is inclusive. It is for everyone. It says everyone who calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Not everyone that thinks about calling. Everyone that hears the gospel, the real gospel, the gospel of power and responds to it. Everyone that responds to the gospel being preached will be saved. You know, this very word here, for saved, in the Greek is soteria. Soteria. And this is, this is important because it's talking about salvation, it's talking about deliverance, but it's also talking about health. It's talking about health. Not only are we going to be delivered, are we going to be set free from oppression, but the, bl- the eyes of the blind are going to be opened, as Jesus was saying in, in, in Luke chapter 4. Man, we're going to see health in our flesh. When the gospel is preached, healing follows. It cannot be separated. Amen. It cannot be separated. As much as we are saved and delivered, God wants us to be well. The gospel is healing. It's not the gospel of healing. Okay. It's just the gospel. It's not the gospel of prosperity. It's just the gospel. Amen. The fact is that the gospel contains healing and it contains prosperity and it contains deliverance and it contains freedom and it contains safety and it contains favor and it contains friendship. All of those things are wrapped up in the goodness of God, in the good news, in the good news, which is the gospel. And so if we've heard the gospel, we'll know it because we'll be changed. We'll be changed. All of those who call upon the Lord will be saved. All who call upon the name of the Lord will be saved. In verse 14, it says, how then, how then can they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how can they believe in him of whom they have not heard? And how can they hear without a preacher? Well, what this is saying is if, if there isn't somebody to go and speak the word of God and, and share the gospel and preach the gospel, how, pe- how is faith going to come by him? How are people going to get healed and set free and saved and delivered? If we want to see more of the power of God operating in our life today, we need to get back to preaching the gospel. Because the gospel contains the power of God. How they should, can they call on him if they haven't first heard about him? How, they can, how, they can, how can they believe is what that what, what words is. How can they believe? How can they put faith in something they haven't heard? And how can they hear without a preacher? And how shall they preach unless they are sent? And as it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who preach the gospel, the gospel of peace. Okay, the gospel is another attribute of the gospel of the kingdom. It produces peace in our life. Amen. The gospel, the good news of God produces peace in our life. You know, in one of our previous sessions, we talked about how God does not lead us in fear. He doesn't lead us in fear. He leads us in peace. Because fear involves torment. Perfect love, it casts out fear. But the love of God, it leads us in peace. Amen? It casts out fear. The love of God casts out fear. It leads us into peace. Peace and faith always go together. How do you know if you've heard the gospel? Because you're at peace. Even in the middle of a storm, you can be in peace. He says, the beautiful feet of those who preach the gospel of peace, who bring good news of good things. Good news of good things. If the doctor told you you were going to live and good, not die, you'd say, that's good news. You wouldn't be miserable and disappointed. you say, that's good news. Because healing is always good news. Amen? And that's another way we know 
part of the gospel. It's part of the gospel. Verse 16, but they have not all obeyed the gospel for Isaiah says, Lord, who has believed our report? Oh my goodness, there's more to just hear in the gospel. We need to believe the gospel. Look at this. He's actually quoting Isaiah 53. We'll get there in a minute. But he says, Lord, who has believed our report? So then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. When we hear the word of God, faith rises on the inside of us. It is a side effect of the gospel of the kingdom being preached. You know, the gospel's for everyone. That's what it's saying here. Everyone's included in this. No one's excluded from salvation. No one's excluded from healing. It is for you, regardless of how you got sick in the first place, whether you brought it on yourself, whether it was you, you know, your own um, bad lifestyle, whether it was a mistake, whether it was riotous living, or whether, whether it just happened, right? It doesn't matter. The gospel is for you. God didn't save you because you were perfect. He saved you because you're a sinner and you needed a savior. He doesn't heal you because you've got all your act together. Amen. He heals you because he loves you. He, that's, the, that's the effect of the gospel. The gospel delivers us, it heals us, and it saves us. Amen. And that's how we know the gospel is being preached. The gospel is for everyone. And that means the power of God is for everyone. But there is a case, you know, not everyone is walking around in health and wholeness. That's probably why some of you are watching this today. Because you're searching out healing for you. You want to know that God's, God's healing power is for you. And how to see that manifest in your body. And that's why you're watching this whole course of Healing University. Amen. And this is, this is powerful because what it means is you have taken time aside to, to hear the word of God being preached. To hear the gospel being preached. To have your faith stirred on the inside. And you know what the word does when we plant it and we mix it with faith, according to Hebrews? It profits us something. It profits us something. Amen? It bears fruit on the inside. Healing comes first by hearing. We need to hear the word of God so that faith, trust, and confidence can raise up on the inside and say, that is mine. Amen? That for which God has provided, that good news, that good report for which God has provided for me, that's mine. I'm going to listen to his report rather than to listen to the doctor's report or look at the circumstances or listen to my feelings. I'm going to go by what God says about me. That's the gospel. You know, if we haven't first heard the gospel, we won't know that healing is even available. And this is the difference that the gospel makes in people's lives. And many people actually miss out on this wonderful provision because they haven't even heard that healing is available. You know, I, I was um, in this position one time and um, I'd been taught that God sometimes heals people and he doesn't, sometimes he doesn't heal people. Like he's, he's, he's sitting up in heaven and he's just deciding, you know, whether he's in a good mood or not, or whether, whether I've been good enough, or whether, whether somehow I deserved it or not. Or if somebody got sick in our church, you know, we call the prayer chain. Maybe some of you are familiar with that, but that's when we have a circle of people that are all praying. And the problem is most of, most of what people were praying was, God, if it's your will... If, 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 if healings, if, if you're in a good mood, God, and they might not say that essentially, but that's what they mean. If, if we've earned it, if we've deserved it, God, then, then please heal so-and-so. Let me tell you, that is not a prayer that is based in the gospel. That is not a prayer that is based in the gospel. God's will regarding healing is already made up. If it wasn't, Jesus wouldn't have gone around saying, I'm only doing what my father's doing, laying hands on the sick and, and seeing them recover. He'd have been in trouble with the Father, right? If healing wasn't God's will, he wouldn't have been going around healing everybody. Healing was always God's plan. That is part of the gospel. It's an intrinsic part that we cannot separate. But sometimes people do simply for the fact 
that they cannot understand why they don't see more healing in their experience. And so they take their experience or lack of experience of the power of God and they say, well, oh, healing can't be for today. Or maybe God's just, you know, he's got, a, he's got some uh, prerequisites on that healing package. Maybe there's, a, you know, there's, some, there's some entries, there's some things that you have to do in order to attain it. And they start attaching rules and regulations to if God is going to heal or if he isn't going to heal. It, it, it changes how people view God and, and, and what, who he is and what he has or what he will do for them. And the problem is, that's a twisted gospel. We need to get to the back to the pure word of God, the unadulterated version, the uncut version of the gospel that has power in it. And say, I'm going to cast aside my preconceived ideas about what I think the gospel is. And I'm going to read the word of God. And I'm going to believe every single word in that book, whether I feel like it or not. And when we do that, what will happen is we'll start to stop letting our doctrine, our theology, get in the way of our faith. Sometimes our theology gets in the way of our faith. You know what we started out in the kingdom with childlike faith? When we believed God, was it difficult for you to get saved? Was it difficult for you to, to receive salvation? I mean, did any of you have to take a test, you know, um, jump through hoops, you know, run around the mulberry bush a few times, take some herbs or do something? Did you have to qualify for salvation? Was it difficult? Did you have to oh, lay an egg over it? No, you didn't. You just said, thank you, Jesus. I heard the gospel and I responded and said, yes, that's true. I receive it. It's mine. Why don't we do that same thing with healing? Why don't we see healing and salvation in the same way? Because, you know, it says in the gospel, if whoever, whoever, everyone, everyone who calls upon the Lord, who responds to the gospel and the good news about healing says, yes, I believe it. I receive it. It's mine. They don't have to do anything. They res just respond. Just respond to it. Just believe it. Put, put faith in it. Faith comes by hearing. Hear it and respond to it. You know, we make healing, receiving healing at least, way more complicated than it needs to be. Healing, you know, we don't receive healing based on our goodness in the same way that we didn't receive salvation based on our goodness. The gospel is for everyone. It's for the little kids. It's for the middle schoolers, it's for the high schoolers, it's for the 40-year-olds, the 60-year-olds, it's for, it's, for, it's, for it's for the elderly, it's for everyone. God wants you saved and he wants you well. But there's a condition for that. He can't make you well. He can't make you receive something that you don't first respond to. You didn't wake up one morning and just find out that you were saved. Healing just didn't suddenly fall upon you like a cloud. There was a response at some point in your heart that said, I've heard the gospel. I've heard the good news. And I'm trusting in that word. Faith comes by hearing. We have to respond to the gospel. We have to respond to salvation. And in the same way, there are many people that are sick today because they haven't responded to healing. We need to respond to healing in exactly the same way that we responded to salvation by faith. It is no more difficult than that. So I'm going to challenge you today to start breaking down some of those conditions that we place on receiving from God. Some of those conditions we place on who can receive and who can't. Because the gospel is for everybody. It doesn't have conditions on it. You know, when I was um, 17 years old, I was diagnosed with epilepsy. And I had um, three or four seizures a day. Um, I took um, 13 different medications. I couldn't drive a car. And when I got married and I had my children, we had three children. I needed a babysitter to take care of me. I could not be left alone without, with my children. It was a sad situation. 
Sickness and disease had so embraced me and I had so embraced it because I had never heard the gospel. You see, the gospel that I'd heard, it wasn't the gospel. Maybe it was a gospel that got me saved, but after that, there was nothing in it to give me hope. My understanding, my background was maybe God put sickness on people to teach them something. God is up in heaven deciding whether you've been good enough. You know, if we get enough people on the prayer chain praying, then maybe, you know, Jane over here, she has only 50 people praying for her. But, but Tommy over here, he has 200 people praying for him. We can, we can move God. We can somehow convince God to act and do something. That was my understanding of the gospel. That, that, that we, God just basically tolerated us in light of Jesus. He basically, we had our little Jesus mask on once we got saved and we could scrape into heaven under the pearly gates. And we just, get, we just happen to get by because gee, when, when God sees us, he sees Jesus. And you know, that, that I understand what people say. I mean, when they say that, when God sees you, he sees Jesus. There's an element of truth in that. But you know what? It says in the scriptures that you are made in God's image. You are made in God's image. He loves you because he loves you because he's wildly, madly, crazy in love with you. And there's nothing you can do about it. When he sees you, he sees you. He sees you. He's precious creation. He's daughter or son. He's his he's, he's most prized possession. He sees you and he sees you in your full glory, in your full potential. And when, when you've received Jesus, you know what? He knows that you're in relationship with him, that your heart is connected with him, that there is nothing that you have taken, you have received on the inside of you in the person of Jesus, the payment for all of your sin, for all of your unrighteousness, for every mistake you've ever made, for every sickness that will ever try to attach itself to your body. When he sees you, he gets excited because he loves you. Amen? And so when we understand that, we don't approach sickness and disease in the same way that we did before. We're coming into the throne room boldly and with confidence, as it says in the scriptures. We want to run boldly into the throne room, jump up on our daddy's lap in the, whole, in the throne room and say, Daddy, I need help. Daddy, I need help. Right? And, and, and we don't doubt his provision anymore. We're no longer begging our father to come down and do something that he already did in the atonement of Jesus. We're not somehow trying to manipulate God and twist him and get him in a good mood to look at us you know, favorably and that he might grace us and touch us with his healing power. No, our whole relationship with God changes when we understand how much he loves us. We can run, we can run wildly to the throne of God when we hear the gospel, the whole unadulterated, uncut version of God's crazy, wildly, madly in love with you gospel, the gospel that has power. And that gets down on the inside of us and it changes how we respond to God. So here was me with my messed up version of the gospel that had enough message of the gospel, enough truth in it to get me my ticket to heaven, but left me weak and powerless in every other way. And so I was living life like anyone else I knew. Every time we got sick, every time we had a problem, we went to the doctor, we took the medication, we took the prescribed course of action and we learned to live with it. You know, Jesus never told anyone to learn to live with it. Then no one at any point in, in, the, in the Gospels did, did somebody come to Jesus and say, oh, you know what, I'm kind of busy right now, and you know, you don't really deserve it, and can you just learn to live with it? It's not that big a deal. Just suck it up and get on with it. He responded in compassion to people. It doesn't matter what it was that they came to for with him. They, he, he offered healing to them every time. It didn't matter what it was. It was unconditional. 
He didn't ask for their resume. He didn't ask for, well, where have you been last night? Okay? He healed them because of his goodness, because of the gospel, because he came to preach the gospel of the kingdom, which is love, which is peace, which is deliverance, which is setting the captives free to set at liberty those who are oppressed. He only ever has freedom for us. So there's me with my religious understanding. And I'd learned to live with epilepsy for years and take all the medication, the prescribed course of action, not really understanding that there was any other option. The doctor said, you can't be cured of that. Suck it up, buttercup. You're just going to have to learn to live with it. So I managed my diseases. And so I went um, to a Bible study one day. And as we were sitting there, um, I didn't expect the Lord to speak to me. <laughs> Isn't that funny? I wasn't really expecting the Lord to speak to me. But in the middle of, of this Bible study, of this, um, they were a charismatic group. It was a charismatic type Bible study. It wasn't, used, it wasn't, wasn't my normal church. And these ladies were a bit different. And um, they were praying in their prayer language. And I thought that was a bit strange because I didn't do that. We didn't know about that in our church. I wasn't exposed to that. And they're praying in their prayer language. And as I'm sitting there listening, I start to hear a voice on the inside of me that sounds like me, but I know that it's God speaking to me. And he says to me, you know, this epilepsy, you can be healed from it if you choose to be. If you choose to respond, like we have to respond to the gospel, if you choose to be, you can be healed from this. And I thought, wow, that's crazy. I better not tell anyone. And so as he started to speak to me, I heard some other things. He said to me, this past, there was a, there's a passage here in, in Deuteronomy 30. You know, God always confirms his word with his word. So if you hear something from the Lord, you can always take it to the word and he'll show you where it is in scripture. Deuteronomy 30, 19. And this is what he spoke to me. I call heaven and earth as witnesses against you today that I have set before you life and death. Blessing and cursing. Therefore, choose life that both you and your descendants may live. That both you and your descendants may live. You know, God wasn't just trying to take me out. He's trying to take my whole family out. He's trying to take out the kids that I was going to have. The kids that I, was, I should be raising. And so this was, this, was, this was super important. He said, I set before you life and death. Oh, and by the way, it's, it's like a multiple choice test when he gives you the answer, right? Choose life. If you didn't know, life is better than death. Choose life. You'll have more fun with that. He said, I set before you life and death. Choose life. When you're ready, I want you to turn epilepsy off. Just flip the switch. Just, just, just shut that thing off. I thought, man, I, I can't tell anyone this. They're going to think I'm crazy. I mean, I'm looking around, my eyes peeled open thinking, I don't know if anyone else heard that. You know, I'm just, I, I better just go home and meditate on that. I've never, I'd never on the inside of me heard anything like that from God or anyone in my church. It was against my understanding. God was telling me that I had authority over epilepsy, that I had a choice to make, that I could decide not to participate in it. And it just blew my mind. And I went home and I'm like, Lord, I don't understand this. I've been a believer for many years. And I've never seen this before, and I don't understand it. But Lord, I need you to show me. I need you to teach me. I need, I need to understand this. This really is you. You know, and I just encourage you, if you're in this place where you're struggling with understanding the will of God regarding healing, that you see healing in the New Testament, you say, oh, I saw healing in the New Testament. But I, I didn't know that it was for me, and it was every time. And so I went, I went home, and I'm like, Lord, show me. And you know, God, God meets you in your place of faith. He meets you in your place of unbelief too. Amen. If we just come to God with it. And he met me there and he, he took me on a journey through the New Testament, showing me that Jesus has a healing ministry. 
that everywhere he's going, healing is manifesting. And he showed me in Acts, he says, the chapter when Peter was looking at the man at the gate, beautiful, and he, and he looked down and he said, seeing that they had faith to be healed. And suddenly I knew, according to, to this passage in Romans 10, that I needed to respond in faith. Whoever calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. So Tyria, whoever calls upon the name of the Lord shall be healed, shall be saved, shall be delivered. I knew that my deliverance, my healing from epilepsy was somehow linked to my responding to the word of God. And I went back to to that Bible study two weeks later. And I said to them, I didn't say anything to anyone, but they they would have thought I was crazy, I think. And, um, And I laid my fleece out and I said, Lord, if this is really you, I need you to show me it. I know we've been talking for the last two weeks, but, but, but humor me, right? And so I said, Lord, um, if, I know, if this really is you, then, then my friend, without me asking to her, is going to offer to pray for me. And we don't usually do that kind of thing in that kind of group. And, you know, we went through a whole Bible study and nothing happened. And we went, this is one of these afternoon Bible studies. I went to get my kids from school. And as I'm walking out of the house to, to, to get my kids from school, my friend looks at me and she says, I think I need to pray for you. I'm like, yes, you do. Yes, you do. About time. And so she lays hands on me. And we didn't have long, you know, time for one of those long religious, if it be thy will, keep it under the blood kind of prayers. You know, the kind of, kind of ones with lots of words that make it sound good. Right? And so uh, and she, she slapped her hand on me. She said, be healed in Jesus' name. And she got in a car and drove away. And you know what happened? Absolutely nothing. Absolutely nothing changed on the outside. But in my mind... I flipped the switch. I turned epilepsy off. I responded to the gospel. In my mind, I placed the word of God above my feelings, above my thoughts of, you're crazy. This stuff isn't going to work. You're going to be disappointed. What if you believe God and it doesn't work? What if you tell other people they're going to call you irresponsible? What about all these other people that have believed God and died? You know, in that moment, I put the word of God above any, any thought that was coming, any other thought that was coming through my mind that was contrary to the word of God. And this is so important. When you received salvation, there was a point in your heart which didn't understand everything in the gospel. If you're like me, you haven't read the whole Bible before you, before you prayed a prayer of salvation, right? You just heard the gospel. You heard that God loved you and that he wanted to be part of your life. And you said, I want you to be part of my life too. You received that gospel with a childlike faith, without having to understand everything, without rationalizing it, without feeling saved, right? But you received it. And you know, I just want to tell you that that receiving healing is exactly the same way that we responded to the gospel when we got born again. Receiving healing is exactly the same response mechanism that we used when we responded to the gospel the first time that we heard it. It is the same power. It is exactly the same way. And so when that happened, I went home. And, you know, nothing changed on the outside of me. But I went home and I just knew that I was different. That I was different. Something had changed in me. It didn't need to change on the outside. But it had changed in me. In my mind, I was a healed person. I started to think like a healed person. I started to dream like a healed person. I started to see myself getting up in the morning and not taking 15 medications. I started to to plan again, to have peace again, to have confidence again. I started to identify with being a healed person. 
And you know, that was 15 years ago, and I've never had another seizure since. Now, I had some persecution. I had some persecution from people around me. Because, you know, when you start to respond to the gospel, just like if you get born again, and maybe you're not from a, from a, a Christian home, and you're the first one to get born again, there's some persecution. But you know what? When you stand upon the word of God, you're going to see the power of God operating in your life. The gospel doesn't quit. Amen? I want to show you something. Let's look here. I said I'd mention, um, I said I'd mention Luke. All right, so we're going we're gonna to go back here. Back to Luke, right? The word of God doesn't quit. You know, in the beginning part, right before Jesus gives this address, right before the passage that we started out with in Luke 18, where the spirit of the Lord is upon me, Jesus was tempted by the enemy. Jesus was tempted by the enemy. And it says here in verse 3, oh, we'll just start in verse 1. This is Luke 4, verse 1. Jesus, being filled with the Holy Spirit, returned from the Jordan and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness, being tempted by the devil for 40 days. And during those days, he ate nothing. And when they were ended, he was hungry. And the devil, so he had some, he had some physical hunger, he had some physical weakness going on here when the devil came to him. That's important. This is the devil said to him, if you are the son of God, if you are who you say you are, if you are a child of God, if you really are the healed of the Lord, right? This is what he says. Command this stone to become bread. See, Satan questioned Jesus in his identity first. He will question you in your identity first. Are you really, can you really believe all the things that Jesus says about you? Do you really think you are, you know, you are the, 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 a child of the most high God, that you are the righteousness of God in Christ? He'll question you with these things, right? To undermine your trust in your God. He says that he, he played the same tricks with Jesus, but look at his response. The word of God that Jesus spoke in Luke chapter 4, he started here in verse 4. Look, it is written, Jesus answered him, it is written, man shall not live by bread, bread alone, but by every word of God. You see, the gospel of, of, of the kingdom, the word of God is how we live. It's how we live. In Romans, we started out in Romans 1 verse 16. You know, it talks about that I shall not be ashamed of the gospel. I will not be ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God unto salvation for all who believe it. Verse 17 says, the just shall live by faith. We're supposed to be people that live by the word of God, that live by the very gospel itself. The gospel of the kingdom is the power of God in us to live this life and to walk in health and, and wellness. Amen. And so when Jesus was tempted, right before he gave his big manifesto, Right before he, he, he read the scroll, he was tempted by the enemy as a last-ditch attempt, I think, to stop him announcing to the world the power of the gospel. He could see Jesus was about to go into that synagogue and about to do some damage and let the secret out. Oh my goodness, what's going to happen if Jesus gets into the, the temple and says, the spirit of the Lord of God is upon me because he's anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. And then he starts telling people there's hope and there's healing and there's deliverance. No, Satan wanted to take him out before he had the chance. So he came to Jesus when he was weak. And he, he, he comes to him with a temptation. But Jesus' response to Satan is so clear. He says, I'm not living by any word other than the word of God. It is written. He rebukes Satan with the word, with the very gospel itself. The very good news itself <coughs> becomes a sword in his hand. And he rebukes the enemy. And he says this three times. 
It says again in verse 6, the devil said to him, I will give you all this power and glory because it's been delivered to me and I'll give it to whomever I will. And if you just worship me, everything's going to be yours. The lies, the lies. Just buy into my lies, the enemy was saying. Just buy, I have power and I have authority. Just worship me. No, Jesus had authority and he had power, but the enemy was trying to deceive him. You see, you have power and you have authority. And the same trick that the enemy tried to play on Jesus, he's trying to play on you. He's trying to play that trick like you're just poor and you're just weak and you're just sick and you're just defeated and there's nothing you can do about it. But the same power that raised Jesus from the dead lives in you. Amen. And that power and that authority, he's given to you. He's given to you. So we don't have to listen to the lies of the enemy that say we just have to manage, just suck it up, buttercup. You have to manage your diseases. We don't have to live with that anymore. We can respond and we can rebuke those lies, those thoughts that come to us. The same way that Jesus did with the word of God. Look at him. He says, Jesus answered him in verse 8. Get behind me, Satan. That is a lie from the pit of hell, is what he was saying. For it is written, you shall worship the Lord your God and only him you shall serve. It is written. Right? He says in verse 9, he brought him to Jerusalem, set him on a pinnacle of the temple, and said to him, if you really are the son of God, there he is again questioning his identity, then throw yourself down from here. And his angels shall give him charge over you to preserve you. Now he was even getting cute. You see, he started quoting the word of God at Jesus, right? The devil will even give you scripture, but he'll twist it. He'll twist it. There's that gospel without any power again, right? And he says, Jesus responds to him. And he says, it is said, you shall, te- you shall not tempt the Lord your God. And when the devil ended all his temptations, he departed from him until another time. You see, the devil's just trying to look for opportunities, chinks in your armor, where he can stop you from hearing the gospel, the real gospel, the gospel that's full of power and authority that's for everyone who will respond. He's trying to get you distracted. He's trying to get you off base. He's trying to get you to listen to his lies. He's trying to convince you that you have no power or authority and that you have to stay sick and diseased and poor and in pain for the rest of your life. And there's nothing you can do about it. But what we need to do is start to recognize those lies because we've heard the gospel now. It's too late, people. It's too late saying the good news is out. It's out. The good news that's for everyone. I'm responding to it. I'm going to quit listening to the lies of the enemy, and I'm going to start listening to the word of God. And when those lies come, you know what we're going to do? We're going to rebuke Satan with the word of God, with the word of God itself. It is written. This is so powerful. You know, when we read in Romans, and, uh, and, 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 and we were saying, uh, Paul was saying, who has believed? How will they believe if there isn't a preacher? And, and who, to, who has believed our report? He was quoting the very book of Isaiah. Look at this a minute. This is exciting to me. I'm getting excited. I'm getting blessed. I hope you are. Right. I'm just preaching myself happy over here. Okay, Isaiah 53. He starts out the same way. He says, who has believed our report? It's the very thing he was quoting in Romans 10. In Romans 1. Okay. He says, who, who has believed our report? And to whom has the, lam, the arm of the Lord been revealed? He's talking about Jesus. For he grew up before him as a tender plant, as a root out of dry ground. This whole passage is describing Jesus who hasn't been born yet. He's birthed his his resurrection, okay? He has no form or majesty that we should look upon him, no appearance that we should desire him. He was despised and rejected of men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief, as it were we hid our faces from him. He was despised and we did not esteem him. Surely, surely, that means certainly, of course, certainly, without doubt, he has borne our grief and carried our sorrows, yet we esteemed him stricken, smitten of God and afflicted. 
But he was wounded for our transgressions, our sin, right? He was bruised for our iniquities, and the chastisement of our peace was upon him. And by his stripes, we are healed. You see, Paul was quoting Isaiah chapter 53. He was saying, who's going to believe the report of the gospel and respond in faith to it? Who's going to put more trust in the good news of the gospel for deliverance, for healing, salvation? Who's going to respond? And you know, when we look at these things, we see that by his stripes, we were healed. You know those words for sorrow and grief in that, in that passage? It's not just sadness and grief. And it's talking more about those words, that word grief, it means sickness and disease. And that word sorrows, it's talking about pain, grief, affliction. Grief also means anxiety. You know, God has paid for not just our transgressions, but our healing, our peace. You know, the very word peace, the chastisement of our peace, that's the word shalom. It means rest, health, happiness, wholeness, prosperity, peace, safety, favor, and friendship. All of the, this is a package deal. Healing is a package deal. And it came the minute we received salvation. But the, the reason that we don't sometimes see healing manifest in our body when we want it to is because we haven't realized it's a package deal. When you receive the healer on the inside of you, you receive the whole package. That's the gospel. That's the gospel. You receive the whole package on the inside of you. Look at this. I love this in, um, we're going to go back to Luke again. We're spending a lot of time over there. It's good. Luke over here. (laughs) I know, that's a bad joke. Okay. This is in uh, Luke chapter 5. Okay. And um, it says here, this is the healing of the paralytic. This warms my heart because I used to to have some paralysis and, and be in a wheelchair. And as you can see, I'm not anymore. Jesus healed me. Okay. On a certain day, this is um, Luke five seventeen. On a certain day, as he was teaching, Pharisees and teachers of the law came that were sitting nearby, and they came from every town in Galilee and Judea, and from Jerusalem. And the power of God, the power of the Lord, was present to heal the sick. Was present to heal the sick. Now, here's the thing: we know the end of the story that this man. Okay, he's, uh, he's healed, okay? But Jesus actually says to them, he's in verse 22, he perceived their thoughts and he answered them, why question in your hearts, which is it easier to say your sins are forgiven you or to say rise up and walk, but that you may know that the son of man has authority on earth to forgive sins. And he said to the paralyzed man, I say to you, rise, take up your bed and go to your house. You see, healing and salvation are right there together again. But I want to bring out this bit here. Where it says in, in verse 17, and the power of the Lord was present to heal. The power of the, the word power there is dunamis. It's the, word we, it's the word that we get miracle working power, might, and supernatural ability from. That power was present to heal. And you might think, well, that's great. Jesus was walking around, and that's great because in that moment, the power of God was present to heal. Well, whoopee for him. But what about me? What about me? It was, it was, it was good for him because it was present on that day. But how do we know it's present today, right? Maybe you've never thought about this, but how do we know that the power of God, it wasn't just present on that day and, and, and he had a good day, right? Because Jesus happened to be there. But how do we know the power of God is present today? Well, actually, in our modern translations, then they, sometimes they add a few little words to help us understand things that aren't entirely honest, okay? And you'll notice that in most translations, that word present is in italics. That means it's been added 
it's been added. So if you look at it in the, the, the Young's literal translation, it says, And it came to pass on one of those days that he was teaching, and there were sitting by Pharisees and teachers of the law, who came out of every village of Galilee and Judea and Jerusalem, and the power of the Lord was to heal them. The power of the Lord was to heal. The power of the Lord was to heal. That is written in a tense, which means it's, it's now. It's now. This is, oh man, this gets me excited. It's now. It's now. The power, this is what God does. It wasn't just present in that moment for that one snippet of time then. It was then, it, it was after, and it is now. Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. The power of God is to heal. That's exactly, it does exactly what it says on the t- in the tin. Amen? The power of God, the gospel is the power of God unto salvation, unto healing for everyone that will believe him. That is the gospel of the kingdom. The gospel of the kingdom is power, is the power of God to heal you today. Amen? The same yesterday, today, and forever. Jesus has not changed his mind about healing. He was doing it then, he's doing it now. Amen? It's the same power that raised Christ that, 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 from the dead that lives on the inside of us today. If we've received Jesus, we've received every ounce of power that we're ever going to need to drive every bit of sickness and disease out of our body that, that ever might try to, to manifest in any cell. Man, when we start to understand that, we're not going to be asking God and wondering whether he's in a good mood or not. We're not going to be wondering whether it's his, his will to heal or or somehow trying to attach receiving healing, receiving healing with all of these regulations and conditions. We're going to start to see healing as part of the package that came with our salvation. That's powerful. Because you know what that does? It stops us from begging God. It stops us from begging God. We can walk around understanding that we have the fullness of the power of the gospel the fullness of the goodness of God living on the inside of us in the person of Jesus. More than enough faith, more than enough power to raise the dead, heal the sick, or cast out any demon in hell. More than enough. Amen? And we're going to stop wondering how to receive that and just understand we've already got it right here in the person of Jesus. Our part now is to put trust and confidence in it, is to put faith in it, is to say, yes, everyone who calls upon the name of the Lord will be healed. I'm calling. I'm calling. I'm here. I'm an everyone. I'm an everyone and I'm calling. (laughs) How are they going to hear if the word of God isn't preached? Well, have you heard? Have you heard? You've heard the gospel today. The spirit of the Lord God is it was upon Jesus to, to set us free, to open the eyes of the blind, to set free the captives, to heal the brokenhearted, to set at liberty people. If you need to be set free today, you know what? You've come to the right place. You've come to the right place. Because Jesus is as alive now and as as present now in power, in signs and wonders and authority as he ever has been. And if you've received Jesus, you've received him. You've received that power right there on the inside of you. Amen. That is the gospel of the kingdom. Amen. Let me pray for you today. Father God, I just thank you for my brothers and sisters. I thank you for everyone that is hearing the sound of my voice today. And I speak a blessing over them. 
I speak a blessing over them in the name of Jesus. I speak a blessing over their bodies, over their minds. We command all sickness and all disease. We take authority over that in Jesus' name. We command the power of God to hit them from the top of their head, through, flow through them to the soles of their feet. Drive out that sickness. Drive out that disease in Jesus' name. We take authority over it and we command it to leave. Spirit of infirmity, we command you to leave now in Jesus' name. No weapon formed against you will prosper. No plague is going to come near your dwelling. I declare over you today that germs die on contact with your flesh. That no bacteria, that no virus, that no, that no sickness, that no infection can touch your body and live. You are a temple of the Most High God and no germs can touch your body and live. No cancer, no tumor, no problems in the DNA. You have the mind of Christ. You have the DNA of Jesus. Amen. No weapon formed against you. We call null and void the the reports that have been spoken against you. And we declare out loud today in the presence of God, we believe your report, Lord. We We believe the report of the Lord. Amen. And all the people said, Amen. That's good. I guess I'm gonna act like Susan here. All right, everybody. What'd you get from this? (laughs) Susan is here, so she can she can fix whatever I mess up. Yeah. You know, one of the things about I think that's important about Carly is, um, you know. She really has a, a way of being able to, in a fiery way, be able to tell you that that she has seen change. Yeah. You know, it, it's one of those things where, and I was thinking about this when, when I was sitting in the back. You know, there are there are times in our life where we, and she was actually talking about this, where we kind of feel like that. I don't know if it's for me. I don't know if it's something that that. I should be believing for. Have you ever had a moment where you said, I don't know if I should be believing for something? I mean, there, there's been many a times in my life where it was like, well, you know, is it God's will? Not only is it, is it God's will, but, you know, is it something that God wants me to have? And so there's a lot of things that can, that can taint our identity. It can make us to say, well, you know what? This is not a bad thing. Like, oh, I got a pain in my foot. I've had a pain in my foot forever. Well, then that's not a bad thing. I can deal with that. But, but maybe if I had cancer, that would be something that I would really need to deal with, because it would be life-threatening. And see, the the problem is, is that eventually we take on the we take on the identity of that thing. You know, there's people. Andrew Womack said it that a person has told them that was in a wheelchair that they dreamed that they were in a wheelchair. Whenever they would dream, they didn't dream that they were running around. It was so part of their identity, it was even in their dreams. So if you are dealing with something and it's small or it's really big, you know, God wants to heal it all. He's not just saying, hey, I want to, you know, we're not going to worry about the small things. Just bring the big things. Or the opposite, you know, I actually, I knew a guy years ago, he was at Victor Christian Fellowship years ago, and he said, he would go, well, you know, I prayed for my headache. 
And he goes, he goes, because I knew that God would heal my headache. And the thing is, is that is that he said, Well, I can I can just believe God that the headache's gone. And then he would be like, you know, I say, Well, what about a bigger thing? Well, what about the, the bigger things that are in your life? And he had he said sometimes that's a struggle. And the reason is, is because the smaller things to him was the easiest things to believe. So you can be in both of these camps. You can be in the camp that says, oh, I, I'm, I'm believing God for, for this really big thing, you know, a heart disease or cancer or whatever it is. Or you can be in the other camp that says, oh, I'm believing God for the really small thing. But we need to be believing God for all of the things. There's not one thing. It's all the things. Amen. Amen. Anybody else? Can't get out of my head. Just suck it up, Buttercup. <laughs> <laughs> but she said that. She said that several times. It was like so funny. Yeah. I don't know why. But I think sometimes people, and, and I know I've done this before in the past. Um, not now, but in the past. Um, people, they kind of become, you know, kind of become. Self-martyrs, <laughs> yep. you know, yes. you know, I, it's just a headache. Why am I going to bother God with that when, you know, there's children dying in China or whatever, you know, the big things, you know, and we think that we just learn to live with it and, and compensate for it or whatever, you know, oh, well, you know, we just compensate. So I think what she said and what you said with both was powerful. It's God wants to heal all. He doesn't just halfway save us. Therefore, he doesn't just halfway heal us. I'm about to say something that I believe is not. So she said she talked about the fleece, right? Mm -hmm. She said that God had been dealing with her. God had been talking to her. Well, you know, she said, well, Lord, if you have my friend pray for me, then then I'm, I'm receiving it. Well, you know, yes, that was a fleece. Don't do that. But... But one of the things that I think was truth about that was that a lot of times we don't want to burden others to believe God with us. Because if, if, if the word is true, then it says that if any two shall agree, that it shall be on earth like it is in heaven. And if there's no sickness in heaven, then that means you're bringing that, that's, that's on earth, right? And you have to also remember this. Jesus was talking under the Old Covenant. So I can actually agree with the Lord, and that would be two, right? Or I can, that's why it says two or three, is because, hey, I can get you guys, and we can we can believe God. And so I think it's, I think that even though she backdoored her way in to just, I'm, I'm, I'm needing somebody to help me with my faith. You know, I think too many times, we live in America, and it's like, well, I can take the aspirin, or I can ask for help with somebody, and we can believe God. You know, I, I think that's a, I think that's a problem because we are so prosperous in this nation. I mean, right across the street here, I can walk right across the thing, go to CVS. We can go get all kinds of medicine, and so what we do is we go, well, I'll take medicine for that, and I'll really believe God for the things that the medicine doesn't help me. And then you end up on like five and six and seven and eight and nine and ten medicines, right? And medicine doesn't heal you. And medicine doesn't heal you. It just keeps you going, uh -huh. 
right? This covers up the symptoms, so you don't. You know, um, I was talking to a doctor one time, and the doctor said, "If your body doesn't heal you," so my grandfather had cancer, and he had all these other things, and he was like 80 years old. And we were at the hospital, and they were like, "Well, he's probably not going to make it through the night," and we're having all these you know, discussions and everything. And they were like, what medicines can you give? My family was talking about this. And and the doctor said, if your body doesn't heal itself, then I can't give it any medicine. Because all the medicine is is to help your body. If your body doesn't heal itself, so the, the thing is, is in our society, we think that doctors heal us. Doctors do nothing for you other than keep your body going so it can either heal itself or it can just continue in the way that it is. But without your body healing itself, that's why we need the super to go with our natural. Right? So natural healing, that was God's design inside your body. Right? But in order to have the natural, sometimes you've got to have super to that natural. Right? So we need to be believing God. We need to be standing because if I'm just taking medicine, taking medicine, taking medicine, I may be causing other issues that I'm needing to believe God for that I just keep pushing off with another medicine. So your body, God designed you in order to be healed. To be healed. Now if we need a miracle, so you know, I was talking a couple weeks ago and I said, you know, there's a difference between miracles and healing. Y'all know what the difference between miracles and healing are? No? So the thing is, is that if I didn't have an eye, there's nothing my body can do to replace my eye. I need a miracle in order to get a new eye. So we need to understand the difference between, you know, okay, I'm believing God for my healing, and I'm believing God for a miracle. And you may go, well, what's the difference? Why, why does that matter? And, and the reason why I think it matters is because, you know, when when we're talking about healing, we're talking about something as we go. When we're talking about miracles, we're talking about something that God does now. We're believing now. And so it's one of those things where, where I, I truly believe that there's been many a time in my life that I've, I believe I've had a healing miracle and then I believe there's been times where I've had a supernatural miracle where within a day, within an hour, within, you know, it, it comes on, right? It's my body working with the super, right? right. And we, we have that happen. So, so, you know, I think believing God is something that, that we need to understand. And I tell people all the time, if they go, well, you know, I went to the doctor. Well, that's not a bad thing. What did the doctor tell you? Oh, he told me I have this. Now believe God that that is gone. You know, have something to put your faith on now, right? And so, I I listened to I listened to that, and I just thought, well, heck, you just backdoored yourself into having somebody help your faith. Have people help your faith. I, I think that's important for us because we do live in a society where it's like, eh, I don't want to bother anybody. No, no, no. Have people you can pray with, and that will believe God with. Amen. The importance of the church. Amen. We had a a girl at our church that she just kind of backslid in her faith, I think. 
because she had so many ailments that she just allowed. And she would go up for prayer. Every calling there was, she was the one that went up. And after a while, it was, she was that person that you were just like, when are you, like you really were looking at him like, when are you gonna do something about you gotta this? You got to get it, yeah. And um, sometimes when they call, when they want to do the altar call, like I'm like, I don't want to be that person. And I won't go up because of whatever I'm dealing with may be just minor. And I'm just like, I don't want to be that person that goes up for the altar call every single time. And that thought crosses my mind all the time because she was that person. She just didn't, she knew the word, she just didn't it to herself. So was she going up there for the same thing every single time? I don't know that, for sh but she had a lot of the same ailments, so a lot of times it, it, they didn't get better. So I think most of it was, it could have been a new one every now and then, but she, it didn't matter. She was, you knew she was going to go up there. Um, and she lived with me for a while, and I watched her just, it was really sad to watch her not apply her faith. She knew it, but she didn't apply she it. And then she passed away too soon. Let, let's, uh, let's play, can we play a game for a second? Let's play a what if game. Okay, let's, I'm not going to use her name or anything, but let's just say there's a, a man, okay, who's that away from the it was a man that was having a problem. And so they were going up every single time. But they were going up for the same three things. Let's say they had three ailments. They had heart disease and they had, you know, um, a blister on their toe and they had, you know, uh, you know, some sort of some sort of infection in their body. Okay? And let's just say for an example that every day they went to church and every day there was an altar call. Okay? So that day, they got up and they said, well, I guess I will get it today if I go to the altar. So let me ask you a question. Was there any faith when they asked themselves, I guess I will get it today if I go to the altar? Well, no. Okay. Well, what if they said, well, hey, how about this? I believe that the blister is going to go away and I'm going to go have this person pray with me and we're going to believe God. Okay, well then they go and that blister gets, you know, repaired. It's gone. Well then all of a sudden they go, okay, well then the next time I believe, you know, I believe if I go up there and I believe God, then I will get my heart healed. So they go up there and they believe God and they pray. Well, then they, they walk away and they, they have a tightness in their chest. They have something going on, right, in their body. So the next day they show up and they go, well, because the tightness didn't go away, because all these other things didn't happen, I'm going to go back up there and believe God again. Were they in faith? No. I mean, that's why you don't see the, you know, the woman with the issue of blood. She didn't go grab the hem of his garment and then you know, go do a bunch of other stuff. She said it, she went and did it, and then she was like, hey, I believed it. She considered it done before she did it. it yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. She believed it. It was going, it was, yeah. the moment I touched it, yeah. it is there. And all, all I have, have to do, do is, is touch it. All, all I have to do is touch it. Well, you know what? That was, 
That in, that in summers, that, that's Old Testament. That's a fleece. In fact, Brad Holloman told me he was like, you know, if I can just make it to, he was like halfway through Mississippi and he was feeling sick and he was like, I just know if I can make it to the Louisiana line, I will be, I'll be healed. And so it was like 200 more miles and he's driving and he, he said, you know what, about 10 miles from the line, I started feeling better. And he goes, stupid, why didn't why I say did to the next town? I mean, you know, those are the kind of things yeah. that you, you, you think about is that, and, and I think this is an important game that we're playing because I want you to understand that the moment that you say, okay, I'm believing God. But now I've got to get somebody else to believe God with me. Well, you have to actually look at your heart. You know, your heart is your belief system. It's your core belief system. It's the, it's the belief system. If you put a gun to my head, what are you going to say? Give up the gospel, renounce Jesus, whatever. And most people go, oh, dusty eyes. I wouldn't renounce Jesus at all. I'd stand up, let him shoot me in the head. Well, you know, at the end of the day, you know, until that happens, you don't know. But see, this is the thing, is that the same thing happens when we go to believe God for anything else. If we haven't gotten into our heart, our core belief system, the thing that if somebody walked up to me and said, Dusty, you need to renounce that healing is true. I'd have to go, man, you're going to shoot me. I've seen it too many times. I've lived it. I've had it happen in my body. So those are the kind of things that we have to do is we have to go, okay, I believe God, right? I'm going to walk in it. Now, let me ask you a question. Is it good to water? Water means I'm putting water by the word. I'm going to keep putting the word in. This would be a great opportunity. If you're believing God, I've already prayed. I'm you know, Lord, help my faith. We've gotten together and now I'm putting the word in. Well, that would be a great way. But you have to also look at your heart and go, I'm really not in faith about that. See, if you, you will, you will harden your heart if you don't be honest with yourself. And honesty is, I went and prayed with you and 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 you and you and you and we all, I I prayed, man, I prayed 20 times. And now at the end of my 20 times, it was like, well, did I really believe? And those are the kind of things that you have to go, okay, Lord, I need to water more. I need to get more of the, the seed in me or I need to water it. And so those are the kind of things that I think we need to actually go through that with ourselves and go, was I in doubt? And if I was in doubt, don't go pray. Go put the word back in. Go put the seeds back in. And I think that's a, that's a, a thing that we need to think about as we're going through this is we see people who just went to prayer line after prayer line after prayer line and then they died. And we go, well, they were believing God. And you go, I don't know if they're believing God or not. I'm not going to judge them. But I'm also going to sit here and go, did they judge themselves? Least they be judged. I think that, you know, she kept talking about that it's part of the gospel. The healing part is part of the gospel. 
and that you know I think the first thing for me is is you you've got to believe that it's already paid for that it's already done that you're already healed yep. and you've got to receive it like she talked about and so I think with that kind of attitude that stand up you know I'm not moving that you've got to just have that and maybe that's the belief you're talking about but you know you need that and I love that she kept going back and I mean, a million times she kept saying, it's the gospel, this is part of the gospel, this is part of the gospel. You've already got it, now receive it. Just Right. And the so. belief that he's the same yesterday, today, because I've had so many people say, well, that was back then. Mm. That doesn't apply. My, my brother has said that. That doesn't apply to us today. When did it change? <laughs> when did Jesus change? <laughs> what part of it, you, you know? And then they're not. Did you read the New Testament? Well, <laughs> but that's the whole reason why we have to believe. That's why we have to believe that it happened at the cross, and not God's doing it now. Not He's just not doing it when we pray. He did it at the cross. Yeah, He's not doing it now. Right. God's not moving. It's already been moved. He moved it on Jesus. Absolutely. So we have to have our hearts settled. That's by right. the belief of we the good news. Stand firm. I just keep saying to myself, stand firm. Just know that you know that you know. Yeah. Just like you know you know you're saved. Yeah. You know you know you're healed. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. That's right. Absolutely. That's right. And, and it doesn't matter what it is. I do it all the time. My um, something, my, I mean, I, I have this thing right here that was starting to hurt. I just said, no, in Jesus' name, you've already paid for it, Lord, and it, you are not going to, to, to be in pain. I am going to walk normal. I'm going to get up, and I mean, I did, mm -hmm. and I ha it hasn't done anything since. Your heart so, is settled. Yeah. It is. Yeah. It is so yeah. dang settled. I'm just not accepting anything. And believe me, I'm 67, and it wants to <laughs> do some things to me. And I just, uh, uh, no, uh, uh, we're not doing that. I am going to be healthy all the days of my life because it's been paid for. Amen. That's right. That's good. That's good. Well, we got to do that. I hope y'all are doing the same thing. Amen. It's easier. For, like he said, though, I find certain things are easier for me to do that. Don't one. do that, though. I the moment it hurts, you day. immediately Everything. say, I'm no, just being it's honest. It's already been paid. <laughs> yeah. You listen to me, body. Yeah. You, that pain, you, you go it. away. Mm -hmm. It's not from it's not from God. It's from Satan. So get out of here, Satan. You know, I think just about every day I I open up and look at First Peter two twenty four. Yeah. You know, there's there's like Matthew eight. I looked at he went and killed all that were oppressed of the devil, mm -hmm. sick and oppressed of the devil. I go and look at those scriptures every single day. I, I'm I'm constantly rewandering my plant that's got fruit. First Peter two twenty four. What was the other one? Uh, Matthew eight. Is it thirteen or seventeen? Yeah, it's he went around healing 13 all. Or seventeen? Oh, maybe he's thirteen. I, look it up. Yeah, just read the whole chapter. Read the whole chapter. But there's a, there's a you know those are the kind of scriptures that I keep in front of me all the time. So. So the same thing for you when you're like, well, I don't know if I want to deal. So if you don't deal with it with this, yeah, 
and you've got to speak it. Then, and you've then, got to talk to your body. I mean, you've got to talk to the pain or the... Then that means you probably are not settled. Mm -hmm. And so you need to go back and go, nope. Mm -hmm. By Christ Jesus' stripes, I was healed. I always tell people your health. You know why? If the present tense form of was is, right? Yes, right. I am health. So if I was healed back at the cross, then I am health. So that means that I believe that it's already been done. I stand in it. And you Absolutely. go, well, well, health is not something that is a present tense form of what's in my body. Health is this is this thing that, that I am through Christ Jesus. Amen. And so I have to get the Spirit of God that's on the inside of me to work with my heart and then it comes out of my body. Like the rivers of living water. That healing comes to the land. And so your body is your... your that's why Jesus talked about your ground. You have to have healing for your ground. There are, there are all kinds of rocks that's in your ground. There's all these different things. And the Word tills it up. So we have to go through and we have to have that Word and it just has to till up all that stuff. And then it grows in good ground the seeds that we planted. And we water it by the Word and then fruit just comes from it. We, you know, the farmer doesn't have to believe that the ear of corn is going to have kernels on it. Right? Did I get the kernelless corn this time? No. They go... I went and got a kernel of corn and I put it in the ground. It came up and then it has a kernel. So we have to know, okay, there is fruit that comes from the seed of this word that was planted in my heart. Amen. I don't have to worry about it. It, it's, it just is. The farmer's not going, well, I wonder, did I get the right corn this time? No. He put the actual kernel, the fruit, in the ground. And we don't have to do anything to make it come out. Right. <laughs> we don't. We just rest in Him. We just rest in Him. Well, and the other thing I could, you know, is, is I don't wait for someone else to heal me. I mean, you know, like to have sure. a, somebody sure. going somewhere. I mean, we can literally speak. We are the image of Christ. Right. So we can actually speak and it will happen. So you just, I mean, you really have to know that you know that you know. That's the way I always say mm -hmm. it. Know that you know that you know. Yeah. And just don't, don't give up. Mm -hmm. I love how she said, too, that nothing happened right away. But she started thinking different. She started talking different. Mm -hmm. And that all of that helps. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. That scripture is Matthew 12, 15. Oh, 12, 12 15. 15. Okay. You were close. You were in between. You were right <laughs> I in was between. in Matthew. So. I thought you were going back to the verse that goes with 1 Peter 2, 24. <laughs> About when he healed Peter's mother-in-law. Yeah. You said that this one is um, great multitudes followed him and he healed them all. Is that the one you're talking about? Yeah, There's that's the one he was talking about. I was talking about. There's another one where it says that that he went, he went, he went around uh, healing all that was oppressed the devil. devil. For God was with him. Yeah. And God's with us. What, do you know what that one is? Um, 
I'm sorry. I mean, it's I okay. It's okay. Not that it's trying okay. to. My mind's not working real well tonight. Yeah, I, I you've sit been in on a, the phone, yeah. Yeah. In meetings, I, I couldn't. Yeah, I can tell you. Well, my brain's tired, so. <laughs> Well, do we want to go ahead? Is there any more? Or do we want to go ahead and like you know take the break and then come back? Acts ten thirty eight. Is that that one? I think that's yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Yeah, he went about doing good and healing all who were under the power of the devil, for God was with him. That's the end. So is that Matthew eight? Acts ten thirty eight. Oh, Acts ten thirty eight. Yeah, Acts ten thirty eight. There's one in Matthew chapter 8. I can remember it. I'm just going to go. Matthew, okay. Anyway. Yeah. Yeah. But anyway, um, anybody got anything else? All right, well, let's take a break and we'll come back.